Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. It's not in human philosophy, not in human wisdom. Now it's okay definitely, definitely to go to school. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to go to this, this seminar, that seminar, or listen to this TED talk. Uh, hey, I have no problem with that. But when we find our completeness in these things, that's when there is an issue. There's nothing wrong with continually learning. But when, you, but when you say, I need this to make me complete, that's when there's an issue. Because you're trying to, com- the, if, if you're tr- using man's wisdom and man's philosophies, if you're using things of the occult, this super spiritual knowledge that does not come from Christ, if you're using that to hold you up and to complete you, you're going to find that you're going to really hit the bottom really quickly because that will not hold you up. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another Thursday night right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center. I'm excited that you decided to join me once again. We're going to have a great time tonight in the Word of God. I am so excited about what the Lord has to show you tonight. Well, as you know, we've been in a series uh, entitled Overcoming Our Fears, and this is part number 15. Boy, and we're still going strong in this. It is our mission to overcome the fear that has been overcoming us so that we may be more effective in the kingdom of God and so that the Lord will be able to use us or utilize us greatly in these last days. I'm telling you, and you know just as well as I do, these are the last days. I would say even the last of the last days we're in that time. And God is going to use you. Father is going to use you mightily. And you will do that uh, greatly because there will be no constraints of fear. Remember, as we said before, that courage is not the absence of fear. No, but courage is the willingness to go even though fear is present. Huh? So we're talking about overcoming our fears. That doesn't mean that fear will go completely, but it does mean that fear will no longer have the power to bind you, shackle you, or chain you, or prevent you from doing what God has called you to do. Amen? Praise God. So we are overcoming our fears, and the more we overcome them, the more we, the more we will realize that it, it's, you know, it's not as bad as we thought. Glory. Our mindset changes. Our attitude changes. And we see more of Christ than we do of the thing. All right. But before we get started, let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time that you've given us to gather around your word. I thank you for my friend that is right now listening and watching from all around the world. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight by your spirit, that you would lead us into all truth, show us things to come. Lord, we confess that we cannot, I can't, but you can. And so we lean on you and rely on you. Have your way in us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go with our confession before we get started tonight, our affirmation. And it goes like this. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I have been washed by the blood of Jesus 
the greater one lives in me, and I am yielded to his spirit. Therefore, I shall always overcome, be triumphant, and excel in all matters of the kingdom. Today, I declare I am fearless, bold, and safely secured in the Father's love for me. Glory to God in the highest. All right, we've been talking lately uh, about how God sees you, and we have to identify with, with what he says about us. Remember, the world is going to paint the worst-case scenario picture about us and about the circumstances. But if we look to the Father, and if we agree with what he says, well, we will have what he says about us. Amen? So as we endeavor to do that, I gave you about eight things eight things, um, and I'll go over them with you tonight, about eight things that we need to meditate on and really get it in us. Remember, the world says one thing, the devil says one thing, uh, people can say one thing, but we must agree with what God says about us. His word is true fact, and it is true reality. Amen? So first of all, we see out of the eight things that we are forgiven. Uh, secondly, and we went over that last week, uh, secondly, and we'll look at this this week, we are complete. We are complete in him. Uh, thirdly, we are blameless. Blameless. Four, we are loved and accepted. Five, we are valued. Six, we are never condemned. Seven, we are safe. And eight, we are an entirely new person altogether, new creature altogether in Christ. So we're going to go over these one by one, maybe two by two as we go further on down, but we'll go over these and you need to see who you are in him and agree with him. So last week we talked about you are forgiven. You are forgiven and you have to say amen to that. All right, this week, let's talk about you being complete in him. You are complete in Christ. So let's go to uh, Colossians, the second chapter, Colossians 2 verses 8, 9, and 10, and then we'll use this as a springboard to go on further. And it says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Verse 9 for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Let me say that again. Verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So the Bible says that we are complete in Christ. Now, the word complete there means to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to fill to the top so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure. Fill to the brim. You are complete in Christ. You are perfectly full in Christ. Now, did you, get, did you uh, catch what the Bible said in the first few verses there, first two verses? He says again, don't let anyone capture you or deceive you through vain philosophies. That's King James, vain philosophies or empty philosophies and, high, and, 
high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. Now, why do you say that? Because people were trying to find completeness, wholeness, satisfaction from, um, from the thinking of this world system. Today we would say, well, they would say, well, I understand you are a Christian. I understand that you are born of God. I understand that you are with Christ. Yes, we understand that. But you must also know this. You must also have this. Why don't you go to this seminar or this enlightening seminar? So it says philosophies of men. People were searching for more knowledge to complete them. And they were even, even searching through the occult, through spiritual powers of this world, through, through the occult, through demonology, maybe even witchcraft, trying to find some way, some answer to fill a void that they believed that they had. But the Bible reminds them, Paul reminds them, hey, you are complete in Christ. You are complete in Christ. You have been filled to the full in Christ. Now, this is the same thing with us today. Because we can seek through life and think that, you know, I'm not whole. You think that we need somebody or something. There was a famous movie. Some of you know about it. I think the Jerry Maguire thing, where the, one of the famous lines where um, the actor says there, you tells the lady, you complete me. You complete me. While that is such a romantic thought, no human being should complete you. Nothing in this world should complete you because everything that you see is shifting. Even though people are very nice, they're very loving, and some are very kind and genuine, but people are not God. And even the best people in this world from time to time, we'll let you down. Maybe there's, not, maybe there's no fault of their own, but things happen. Things happen to people and circumstances and situations happen. We can't have, find our completeness in this world and things that are shifting and things that are changing. It's, this is, we live in a changing landscape. I mean, 2020 is definitely different than 1918 and so forth and so on. Things are changing. Technology is changing. People are changing. Healthcare is changing. Everything is shifting. So you can't put your people, uh, can't, can't put your, um, your faith or the com your completeness in man or, or man's philosophy or even in the occultic things. Things from nature, the powers of this world. This, look at this, and this will help you know. The Bible says that we are complete in Christ. Now it says here, I love this. It says, verse 9, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you are complete in him. So verse 10, so you also are complete through your union with him who is the head over every ruler and authority. Now I love the way the Bible says that because if you find your completeness, let's use this in numbers. I think I can better understand this in numbers. If we find our, complete, our completeness in something that is only 
Uh, let's talk about your phone. If your phone battery, if the battery is malfunctioning and it will only charge up to 30% and it tells you complete. Now, I've had that before with some uh, older batteries, you know, that, that had a, it has a memory attached to it. So if you charge it up, if you didn't let it charge all the way or decharge, I guess, or let the battery drain all the way down to the bottom, then the next time you uh, charged it, it will only charge up so high and think that that was now 100%. Let's say you, you only use the battery 50% and you put it back on the charger overnight and you got up and it said, all right, you're 100% now, but you go throughout the day and by 12 o'clock the battery is already dead. Why is that? Now, you, it said complete, but it was, it was now completing only up to 50% because it had a memory. Those type batteries, I forgot what type it is, but those type batteries had a memory and it, it remembered that. So really, you had to go back and condition it again, let it drain all the way down to the bottom, then charge all the way up to the top, then drain all the way down to the bottom, then charge all the way up to the top, and hopefully the battery would then get it. All right? But here's the thing. When we find our completeness in other people, people are limited. Human reasoning is limited. Uh, witchcraft, things of nature, things of that people worship the sun and all this, all this is limited. If it is seen in this world, if you can touch it in this world, and even the things that uh, we can say everything that God created that we know about, it's all limited. Christ is the only one that is limitless. He's limitless. He is the fullness of God abides in him. So if I go back and I dwell in the fullness of God and I recognize that Christ is the fullness and I step into his uh, one million percent, so to speak, one trillion percent, as opposed to this 30 percent, you know, I'm going to be fully complete in him. I'm going to be fully filled, filled to the brim. And that was the issue here. People were trying to gain more confidence as we're talking about overcoming fear. They're trying to gain more confidence or more assurance in life, more assurance in marriage and family and finances. And at this point, they didn't see it or didn't realize that it all really came from Christ. So they began to seek other means, seek other means to complete them. But Paul tells him, hey, guys, you are complete in Christ. You don't need to look for another. You are complete in Christ. And as you acknowledge that completeness, as you profess that completeness, as you declare that completeness, uh, you will find that it will begin to manifest in and through your life. And if other things are needed, you'll find that the Lord will add them to you. This is one thing where the Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you because you're completed in Christ. So that's our opening scripture there. I want you to see this as well. Let's look at uh, 2 Peter. 2 Peter verses, um, chapter 1, verses 3 and, and 4, also out of, the, out of the New Living Translation. And it says this, by his divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by reasons of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises 
These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. All right, so the Bible says again, he has given you everything you need to live a godly life. It's not in human philosophies, not in human wisdom. Now, it's okay definitely, definitely to go to school. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to go to this, this seminar, that seminar, or listen to this TED Talk. Uh, hey, I have no problem with that. But when we find our completeness in these things, that's when there is an issue. There's nothing wrong with continually learning. But when, you, but when you say, I need this to make me complete, that's when there's an issue. Because you're trying to, com- the, if, if you're ch- using man's wisdom and man's philosophies, if you're using things of the occult, this super spiritual knowledge that does not come from Christ, if you're using that to hold you up and to complete you, you're going to find that you're going to really hit the bottom really quickly because that will not hold you up. Our completeness is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You got me? So again, I don't want to tell you, hey, don't go to school. Don't don't get this training or don't get that training. All these things are fine to do because the Lord will lead you to the type of training that you need. But understand something. Apart from all of that, you are complete in Christ and you have to declare that I am complete in Christ. Because if you don't say that, You'll continually be searching and seeking, searching and seeking. And I've heard so many others say, I got to go find myself. I got to go find myself. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know my purpose. I don't know, I don't know the meaning to life. And they go over here and there and here and there seeking this person, seeking this guru, seeking this philosopher, seeking this and seeking that, trying to find their completeness. But the Bible says here, you are complete in Christ. And you're going to have to have that settled in your heart and in your life. I am complete in Christ. I am complete in Christ. Because if that is not settled, then you will always feel as though you are incomplete. And if you feel as though you are incomplete, then fear will always knock at your door. You'll always feel insignificant. You'll always feel that you're not enough. No, you have to be complete in Christ. Remember, God sees you as complete, as filled to the full, filled to the brim in Christ. So we have to say yes and amen. And we know here by 2 Peter, the first chapter, verse number three, that God has given us everything we need, everything we need to live a godly life. He has given us his word. He's given us his promises. He's given us grace. He's given us the name of Jesus. Most importantly, he's given us his spirit. Hallelujah. God himself lives on the inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. My God. Hallelujah. And see, here's the thing that may trip up some people here. You may ask, let's say you ask for a chair. God, I need a chair. But the father shows you a tree. You say, Lord, that's a tree. I need a chair. Yes, that's correct. Your chair is in the tree. huh? So you may not get it in the form that you think you should get it, but he will show you how to get it. And really, it's wisdom that we need more than anything, seeking the kingdom of God and allowing the spirit to give you wisdom. And he'll show you what he's already placed within you or around you. Hmm? 
Uh, the, you may ask, Lord, I, I need a spouse. I, I, I want a husband. I want a wife. And the father may say, well, help so-and-so over there in their relationship. You say, well, Lord, I need it. But the father says, yes, I know, but help them in theirs. Why? Because oftentimes what you sow, that's what you're going to reap. You're going to you help someone else in their lives, well, then someone else helps you. You know, so he may show you this or show you that way. It may not always come in the form that you think, but all needs have been supplied. You say, well, Lord, I need money. I need some money. I need my rent paid. The Lord may give you an idea for a business. He may give you um, a, a, or show you how that you can trim the fat in your budget and then you'll discover, well, I've already got it. If I just don't do this and I just switch that, I got it. So we have to believe him when he said, you have what you need. He's given you everything that you need. And the answer many times is just in seeking him. Father, I seek you. Where have you placed it? Give me the wisdom I need to, uh, to put things together so I will have this. But again, the problem comes in when we decide that I am not complete and I have to search outwardly to find completeness. Now, some people also try, they try to find completeness in money. Oh, my Lord. Let's look what the Bible says about this, about money. Uh, let's look at 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, 1 Timothy 6, verse number 10. And it says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. While, rather, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So people try to find completeness in money. If I just get enough money, I'll be okay. If I just get enough money, I'll be okay. But as you go after it, you're going to pierce yourself through. You're going to bring in a lot of heartache and a lot of pain. No. The Father will give you, as a matter of fact, we know Philippians, uh, Philippians, was it 419? My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is the supplier and he's with you, so you have all that you need. We know Psalm 23, right? Verse number one, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So as Christ is with you, you have all that you need. You have all that you need. And if there's something else, whoop. Pat almost fell. And if there's something else that he wants you to have or that he's leading you, if there's another source that he wants to uh, use to meet the need, well, he'll, he'll lead you in that direction to do that. Remember, the job that you have is not your source of income. Uh, the check that comes in the mail is not your source of income. It is the father that is the source of income. If you see the job as your source of income, when the plant closes, you will freak out. If you see the check in the mail as a source of income, when that stops, you will freak out. But if you acknowledge, Father, you are my source, you are my supply. Well, when that happens, when those things stop, you'll still be well. Let me give you this testimony. Uh, I lived in Atlanta many years ago, and um, and this is when I was working for a particular uh, law firm there in Atlanta. And I was doing legal things, working as a paralegal way back, many moons ago. And uh, as I was there in one of the courthouses 
working on my assignment, I heard the Spirit of the Lord deal with me, and he told me, uh, they're about to lay you off. Or you're about, I had a sense, they're about to either lay me off or I was about to lose this job. I was working, and I felt that, and I knew that. But I also heard that he had me covered, and I would be okay. Praise God. Now, there was nothing around me and nobody around me that filled me with that knowledge but him. So I didn't hear any whispers or anything like that, any gossip, nothing that would have said, okay, well, you heard this because of them, and, you know, that's how that, no, none of that. Well, I began just to praise the Lord, and you know what? You know what I began to do? I began to tell everybody, hey, it was nice working for you, nice working with you, you know, to other people that was around the courthouse there. It's nice working with you. And they thought, what's wrong with this guy? You know, just telling them, hey, because once I was gone, I'm not coming back, <laughs> you know. So I began just to tell them and so forth and so on, you know, tell them, uh, appreciate your friendship and this and that. Uh, not too long from there, maybe at the end of that week or possibly the uh, maybe, maybe, maybe two weeks, maybe, maybe two weeks later, at that moat, that much. Uh, I was called, someone told me they wanted to see me in the office. All right, well, so I head up to the head office in one of the big skyscrapers down there, and, and uh, I get in there, and the big boss, uh, the head um, partner, he calls me in, and I sat in his office, this big office, and I sat down, and he Tell me, well, we appreciate what you've done for us, but because of the economy, I think this was around in 08, by the way, 2008. He said, but because of the economy, economy, we're having to lay a few people off. So I was like one of the last people hired. So I told the man, I said, oh, okay, I understand. And he was taken aback. He said, he said well, you're taking this pretty well. <laughs> you know, I said, it's all right. Well, the Lord has already told me that this was going to happen, that I would be fine. And so I thank the man for the opportunity to serve and to thank him for, the, you know, for uh, the place to work here. I enjoyed it. And, of course, they, I received a good recommendation, and then that was it. I was already prepared for that moment, and because I knew that Father was my source, I didn't freak out about it. I'd already told my wife about it. This is what the Father said. This is what he said is going to happen. Well, Father is my source, and then after I left there, shortly after, I uh, began to pursue a career in electronics, but that's, that's another thing altogether there. Uh, and all those things that I held, those jobs, and I held quite a few, those jobs that I held really helped me in what I do today on this side. Uh, some legal matters there and electronics and all these things, the Lord used them to prepare me for what I'm doing today in media and, and understanding how words work, understanding the law, you know, through Bible classes, all of that helped to get me to where I am today. And 30 years later, or 30 years into ministry, here we are, right with you today. So all I'm telling you is that God has given you everything you need to complete you. But when we find, try to find our completeness somewhere else, we're always going to lack, always going to fall short. Now, let's go ahead and close it with this thought. When we don't confess that Jesus, that we're complete in Christ, again, we'll go out and try to seek completeness in something else. We will leave our place of power. We'll leave our place of anointing 
in search for. And when we do that, we'll always end up on the bad foot, so to speak. We'll always end up in a bad way. Adam and Eve in the beginning in Genesis did not see themselves as complete. Remember, they didn't see themselves as complete. And when the enemy came along and said, hey, you can be like God. Well, they were already like God. If you eat this, you'll know the difference between good and evil if you just do this. Well, they were already complete in the Father. But they heard a voice outwardly, and they agreed with what that other voice said, and they became incomplete, right? They were no longer complete, no longer united with Father. Uh, there's another example, too, we can give you with King Saul. King Saul, and I love this as well. Uh, we may read this. No, uh, King Saul in, in uh, 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter. Well, the Lord had told him to go out and uh, fight this battle, okay? We'll just put it that way. And he was instructed to wait for Samuel, wait for the prophet Samuel to get there. And then Samuel would offer the, the offering and, and ask for the help and assistance of the Lord and assistance uh, from the Lord in the battle. So Saul was just to be there with the troops, wait there until Samuel arrived. Well, Samuel arrived a little bit late, or so we think. And Saul uh, became weary in waiting, and some of his troops began to scatter and began to leave. So he's thinking, I'm not complete. My troops are leaving, and I'm about to fight this great number of Philistines over here. So my troops are leaving. My help is leaving, so I have no choice. I will go ahead and do the sacrifice. And so what happens? Saul steps out of his kingly office, and he tries to step into a priestly office, and he offers a sacrifice before the Lord. Well, after he's finished with the sacrifice... Samuel comes and says, what is this? What have you done? You shouldn't have done this. You should have just been obedient. He said, the Lord was going to establish your kingdom forever, but because you've done this, because you've disobeyed him, now he's going to get another person, which we know is David, and he's going to reign in your place. See, Saul thought he was incomplete, that God could not possibly win here when his troops are leaving. He tried to rally the truth, rally the troops by becoming something else, by stepping into another anointing. He could have rallied the troops in a kingly anointing and waited on God. But see, we do crazy stuff like that when we don't think that we are complete and that we don't have everything that we need. I love also, and let's look at this right quick. I want to show you just one more before we go out. Oh, my goodness. Let me show you one more thing in the book of Psalms, and we will end with this because I, I just love the way this is as well. Psalm 34, verses 9 and 10. Listen to what it says here. It says, O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Uh, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Isn't that something? He says, oh, fear the Lord. That is fear meaning not, not like your favorite horror movie sort of fear. Fear meaning honor, respect, keep me in the right place. 
honor the Lord, you his, you his saints, or you his holy ones. For there is no want, there is no lack for those who fear him, for those who honor him. Honor the Lord. Place him high above the problem. Honor him as the great king, as the high God in your life, as the most supreme being. Honor him above the situation. Honor him above the lack. And you will see there'll be no lack in your life as well. He'll show you where it is. Remember, Jesus knows where all the gold is. When, when it was time to pay taxes, he told Peter, go fishing. And the, Peter went down to fish, and the first fish that came up, he found a gold coin in his mouth, enough to pay Jesus' taxes and Peter's too. So it's just phenomenal. The Lord knows where it is. So as, as long as you are with him, there is no lack and there is no need. You are complete in him. You just have to seek him and ask him. He'll show you where it is, but everything you need is at hand. I think that's the word uh, that I want to give you tonight. Everything you need for completeness is at hand. Just ask him where it is. Ask him how to access it. Ask him to give you the wisdom because it's right there. Ask him to open your eyes to where it is because it is right there. And on that note, let's go ahead and pray and uh, we're going to close out tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much for my friend that is right now listening and watching from all around the world. Father, we confess that Jesus completes us. We are complete in him, not in human reasoning, philosophies, or, or some type of occultic things, not in money or in relationships. Lord, we're complete in you. So we confess tonight that in Christ we are complete. In Christ, we are complete. And now, Father, we ask you to open our eyes that we may see the provision that you have laid out for us. For you are faithful. What we need is right there. Place our eyes on it, Father. Give us the wisdom we need to access it. And Lord, we'll be faithful to give you all the honor and glory and all the praise. Lord, we love you so much. And I ask, Father, that you would continue to bless my friend, that you would keep them, and that heaven would smile upon them from henceforth and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my friend, that does it for tonight. I had a great time. Now I want you to remember that you are complete in Christ. Join me again next week, and we'll do this again. Until then, remember that Jesus loves you, and so do we. Choose him, choose him as your Lord today, for only he can make a way. I'll see you on the next time. All right, you can stop, stop. <clears throat> well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.